The Third Men Podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun celebration of Jack White and is in no way directly affiliated with Third Man Records or the man himself. For the definitive history of Jack White and his music, please consult your local Jack White. And for everyone else looking for a home, you found one here, in a place so seedy. Enjoy! And welcome on back to the Third Men Podcast. I'm your co-host, James Kaminsky. And I'm your co-host, Paul Kaminsky. Welcome on back now, you know? Ooh, yo. Welcome on back here. That's our <laughs> Southern Man character. <laughs> we don't need him around here anymore. Southern Man, better <laughs> keep your head. Don't forget <laughs> what the... Book said. Between the two of us, we're half of a Neil Young sideburn. <laughs> I'm Neil and Paul's Young. Yeah, we're going to take this to the, the Third Man recording booth. Oh, this is terrible. I love it. Welcome back, everyone, to the Third Man podcast. We're, we're happy you're sticking with us, even through these bad Neil Young impressions. Yeah, this is our Jack White history podcast, where we talk about Jack White music and historical context and weird stuff we found and bring it to you, the, the listener. listener. Ooh, that was synchron- synchronized. Synchronicity. We, we couldn't possibly do a police thing. We are, we are not even one half of a sting to get there. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, so we're, we're basically learning and we're hoping you're learning along with us. And if we get anything wrong, give us an email and, and let us know what we got wrong. We're one of the first podcasts to ever say that. Yeah. And boy, have those comments been flying. So yeah. um, I'm not quite sure how smart our strategy was, but it's fine. Thanks. It's fine. Yeah. We like to think of this as your podcast as well as ours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you little kids. And you think you know just where it's at. <laughs> oh, I think I smell a right. uh, fact. Oh, much better. <laughs> oh, I think I smell a fact. Wait, that should be our segment for facts that we missed or glossed over in previous episodes. Done. Done in real time, folks. This there you go. Magic. There magic you ha- just you, for you. Guys, you just witnessed podcasting magic. Yeah. How's it feel? It feels good. James, uh, what is that sound? I hear the Grey Grumps just stopped a growling and the sour sweet wind has stopped the howling, but uh, I'm, I'm hearing a sound. It sounds a little like a... Like a, like a is it more like a Eucharia or more like a... It's like a that, like a... I think that's a turkey day around the corner. <gasps> turkey day around the corner? Uh, an American Thanksgiving? An American Thanksgiving? That's right, folks. We're having a very loosely based American Thanksgiving-themed podcast. (laughs) Folks, this has been our best intro yet. Uh, So if you like this, stick around for our Flag Day extravaganza. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I'm just sitting back here with a glass of apple cider and some rum and getting this, this pod started off right. That's really sounding good right now, James. Um, And like many Thanksgivings, uh, we are going to be giving thanks not only to the alcohol in James's glass, but to Jack White. (laughs) 
for many things, including the fiber optic Jesus that he gave us. So, yeah, we're going to be going over things that we've found that are loosely based on Thanksgiving because it's a little uh, lean of a topic. But you know what? It's Thanksgiving week. And you know what? We just want to relax. <laughs> we want to sit back. We want to have some of that good, good turkey and pile it down our good, good gullets. All right. I think what my co-host is trying to say, folks, is that we want to thank Jack White for all the music and the joy that he has given us over the years. And what better way to do that than to embrace all things Thanksgiving as they relate to Jack White in this very special episode of the Third Men podcast. That's right. Thank you, Jack White. <laughs> now, get out of here while I eat my turkey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> James tonight will be playing the part of the d disgusting uncle nursing <laughs> nursing a rum drink. <laughs> I've made the martinis triple strength. This is so bad. Mm -hmm, I love mm -hmm, it. All mm -hmm. right, all right. Yeah, lots to work with here, James. Lots to yep. work with. All right. Anyway. Yeah. But first, before we get to any of that, we're going to humble ourselves, as as we should, with a segment we like to call Stop Breaking Down. <laughs> Stop Breaking Down! Now, Paul, do you want to explain what Stop Breaking Down is? Yeah, Stop Breaking Down is when we go through our episodes, and if anything was inaccurate or pointed out to us as inaccurate, we go ahead and correct that for, for everybody. And, and we, on this very joyous day of Thanksgiving, we thank everyone for pointing out all our faults. Today's Stop Breaking Down um, is uh, is from me. It's from episode one. It was pointed out to us by uh, Callie Durga. Thank you, Callie. In episode one, we were talking about other credits on the White Stripes debut album, and I incorrectly said that Heather White was Jack's sister. Heather White was actually Jack's sister-in-law. She is Meg's sister. That must have been a slip of the tongue. I, uh, I think I meant to say Meg's sister, but I must have said Jack's sister. It's really sister-in-law, so sorry about that. I was wrong, you was right, and Meg uh, was white. Also, it was mentioned that Handsprings was the B-side of one of the singles from the first album. It was actually a split release with the Dirt Bombs that came out beforehand in a pinball magazine. Uh, this was also sent in by Callie Durga. Thank you, Callie. Yes. Thank you very much. We're sorry. We endeavor to do better. Keep pointing these things out to us. We need to hear this stuff, man. We'll get there. We're learning. Yeah. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll stop breaking. No, no. We'll stop breaking. Stop breaking. All right, Paul, you ready to get into it? Let's do it. All right. So we divided this into several segments for easy digestibility by all you hungry, hungry Thanksgiving eaters out there. And James is going to hit you with that first topic. A very Bonnaroo Thanksgiving. Whoa. Good topic. <laughs> I like that topic. Bonnaroo. Oh. You. So, A Very Bonnaroo Thanksgiving was aired on VH1 on Thanksgiving Day in 2014. Wait, that's really a thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Basically, it's like a greatest hits of Bonnaroo that was aired, uh, oh. but it went through the first Bonnaroo through to the, the latest one in, in 2014, which included Jack's epic 2014 set 
that he actually released in the vault. Oh, yeah. That's a um, really great show. Yeah. Uh, it's at that he, weird point in the Lazaretto tour before he cut his hair, and mm-hmm. so he's looking particularly disheveled, and he mm-hmm. starts getting really aggressive with the audience. <laughs> <laughs> it, it also includes the really weird UFO stuff that he was talking oh, about. Yeah. yeah. It's it's an interesting show. It's where the, the Rolling Stone feud kind of boiled over. Oh, yeah. Which, which right. is a Jack Beef that he's been having. It was the first Bonnaroo television broadcast of its kind. There had been a Bonnaroo, like, television broadcast before this, but this is the first, like, greatest hits thing, and I think they were going to try to make it a yearly event. The title card and stuff they gave it was very retro, very, you know, Bonnaroo. It has this kind of Woodstocky kind of vibe. Whoa. Yeah, isn't it? It's very retro. Yeah, it looks like the NBC Mm -hmm. TV, like, mascot and sort of title card from the 70s. Yeah, it's it's definitely going for, like, this weird television event kind of vibe from the 70s. I feel like they're trying to bring back the television Thanksgiving special or something of days yore. Yeah. I love the gobble roo thing. That's pretty good. Uh, Serious question. VH1 is still on the air? I guess. <laughs> okay. All right. Continue. Go on. Um, but yeah, speaking of the gobble roo, it was <laughs> promoted with all of all through all of the media outlets and through all of the press releases uh, with the hashtag hashtag gobble roo. <laughs> Which, to quote them, you just hashtag gobble roo to your tweets to share the fun with your friends on social media. <laughs> In my notes, all I wrote was, ugh. <laughs> oh, that's some, that's some sick ad copy there. Page right. One. It's it's like the time when Twitter was really popular, and so everybody was just like, how do we get, yeah. how do we reach these kids? I know. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't know if it's through Gobble Roo, but yeah, go nuts. God bless. <laughs> All the kids are reached through the gobble roo. I did, I did search the hashtag gobble roo, and there was at least, like, ten. So people, you know, people said it. You know, it's like after, like, a Sprite commercial, it's like, hashtag, you know, lime fusion. You're like, who's talking about... Hashtag bubble juice. Who's trying to reach Sprite Corporation through a hashtag unironically? I don't... It worked for anyway. Oreos. Hey, guys, hashtag third men cast... Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's get that. Let's get that ball rolling. <laughs> Hashtag third mencast for all of our sick Thanksgiving special updates and also mm-hmm. all of our other updates. Yeah, that's where that's- you can go on and complain about the length of the episodes, and how many facts <laughs> there are, and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, so it was a special that aired like like I said, a whole mess of different acts. They played like one song per artist for. A crap ton of artists so they played mccartney pearl jam arcade fire elton john metallica macklemore mumford and sons and ryan lewis i'm sorry i said macklemore without ryan lewis it's macklemore and ryan lewis Excuse you forgot me. him at the thrift shop right right he's still there like he's ernie still- lost at the mall <laughs> <laughs> and they also played jack white and the white stripes so they played not only jack white's solo appearance they played the white stripes 2007 appearance as well which was, you know, cool to see because it's, you know, in HD. It's 2014, so we can put it on TV now in HD. The only problem was they only played one song. So, you know, wow. kind of sucks for that. But What's, what's the song? Uh, they, they played, for the White Stripes, they played Blue Orchid. Oh, cool. 
nice. Yeah, which which is a bold choice, you know, for a thing they're trying to promote as like a Thanksgiving special. You'd expect your Seven Nation Armies or your yeah, Fell in yeah. Love with a Girl, or even for a Thanksgiving thing, we're gonna be friends. Yeah. Um, but no, they played Blue Orchid, which you know it's cool. It's a standard Stripes tune and a standard Stripes hit, but it's not it's not the expected. Yeah, on Reddit during 2014 when it was airing, I, I read a bunch of people saying that they thought it was a weird choice, and I'd agree. Yeah, um, it is kind of a weird choice because it's it's a song on a it's a song on an album that just doesn't fit. But it's a fine song, you know. If it was if it was on Elephant, I think we'd think of it differently. But yeah, we could play a little bit of it here though. <laughs> was james that was bonalicious thank you james on this day of thanksgiving for playing that you're, paul you're very welcome for jack white they played temporary ground from his set list nice. which you know that's a really good choice i love that song so very much and it's yeah. got lily may rishi on vocals and it's you know it's a really good set we could play a little bit of that too I love this song. It's one of my favorites on that whole album, and I can't wait for Lily May's solo record. Thank you, Paul, for your input. Thank you, Lily May Rishi, for the uh, harmony. With and thank, Mr. thank you, Mr. Parts Quiet. Unknown, for giving yeah. us Lily May Rishi. <laughs> I think at one point on tour, he said she stumbled out of a Walmart somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> that was the penultimate song. It was right before Paul McCartney finale that they played. Match, match. Um, yeah. So it was a special that didn't feature any live performances, but rather replayed favorite acts. The thing about it, it was definitely, a, I don't want to say a cash grab, but it was definitely a promotion because it was played on the eve of Bonnaroo 2015 pre-sale tickets going on sale. Black Friday. I'm sure it helped kick their sales up a little bit. The, the tickets were... I think it was like half price or something ridiculous oh, like that. Wow. Yeah. So that was a that was a very Bonnaroo Thanksgiving that featured not one but two Jack White acts. Pretty good. The whole thing is available on YouTube. So if you want to watch it, you could search a very Bonnaroo Thanksgiving. You'll find it. Go nuts. Hashtag Gobbleroo. <laughs> hey, were you gobbling? I was trying to gobble, but it came out sounding like a weird pigeon. That's a very good gobble. You know, James, I couldn't help but notice you used your lips to say that last segment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very observant, Paul. Thank you for noticing. You're welcome. And I can't help but notice uh, your dog is on fire behind you. It reminds me of our next topic. Paul, my dog's on fire. (laughs) Help me. I got to put him out. Uh, Our next next topic. It's Thanksgiving. Stop it. Stop the show. 
Thank you, Jack White, for that fiber optic Jesus that you gave me by the Flaming Lips. Oh, Flaming Lips. It's our song of the week. Thank you, Jack White, for that fiber optic Jesus that you gave me. Oh, thank you, Jack White, for that fiber optic Jesus that you gave me. <laughs> so, our next topic here is, is going to be going over the song by the Flaming Lips. Now, James, are you familiar with this song? I am familiar with this song. I bought it when I bought an EP by the Flaming Lips, and it just so happened to be on there, and it was the most wonderful coincidence. I think you were the one that gave this to me, actually, now that I think about it, and I thank you for it because I love this song. For those of you that don't know, the Flaming Lips, they're like an indie rock band from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, formed in 1983, and they sort of bounced around different labels for a while to varying degrees of success, but in the early 2000s, they really hit a crescendo of kind of popularity and fame with a couple releases. And I think the biggest one people kind of know is Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots. That was kind of mm. the big the big breakthrough. But they also put out an EP in 2003 called Fight Test, and that was also a big breakthrough. And it had a, like, a top 30 single on it for the title song Fight Test. And it also has the song Do You Realize? Speaking of VH1, popularized in large part by VH1. They were yeah. using that to advertise a bunch of stuff back in the day. But it also has this weird song on it called Thank You, Jack White, for the Fiber Optic Jesus. Paul, <laughs> why would the Flaming Lips be thanking Jack White for a Fiber Optic Jesus that he gave them? Well, James, I'm about to tell you. So this song was written by Wayne Cohen and Stephen Drozd. And it was written in October of 2002 when the Flaming Lips were on tour with Beck. You know, as we mentioned, you know, they were really hitting a lot of popularity here and this is an excerpt from a review of that tour at the time. Their most recent album, 2002's aptly titled Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots, received mass critical praise for its kitsch, catchiness, and originality. The lips have certainly earned more notice from critics than from the public over the years. Sans their improbable top 40 hit, She Don't Use Jelly, from the brilliant album Transmissions. The group has been virtually ignored by mainstream audiophiles really until this point. So they're on tour with Beck. They're opening for Beck and they're playing with Beck. So what they were doing was setting up their equipment, playing a set, leaving the stage, switching out their equipment, getting back on stage, and then doing a set with Beck, which must have been extremely exhausting for these guys. Yeah, that's kind of awesome, though, because I, I both love the Flaming Lips and Beck. Oh, well, it must have been a sick tour. That sounds awesome. And that means we were playing as the warm-up band, and then we'd switch around all of our equipment real quick. I'd wipe the blood off my face. You'd jump out of your pink elephant suit and do the best Put you could. And then you'd jump back there, and then we'd play Beck songs for another two hours. Their, their tour brought them all over the world. You know, we, we just did a show about the Rackin' Tours tour. I was seeing a lot of similar trends with, with where these guys were going in 2002, but basically it brought them to Detroit. And in 2002, Detroit, you were bound to bump into Jack White at some point. Yeah. So at the venue, the Detroit Opera House on October 20th, 2002, this is an excerpt from a, from a review of the show. They were the opener band, but also played with Beck for his set. The Flaming Lips hope to spread their music to unfamiliar ears as they tour the country with sullen singer-songwriter Beck. But they are more than just an opening act, as they will be assuming the role of Beck's backing band as well. So this is a quote from Michael Evans of the Flaming Lips. Beck called up and asked us to take it one step beyond, can you open for me, to can you actually be the band? <laughs> it's just one of those things where you go, I wonder what would happen, which seems to be, which seems to be a lot of our career. <laughs> That's true. 
Yeah. I wonder what would happen if we played with uh, Sean Ono Lennon and uh, uh, and it was just like sitar. Let's just right. do that. Yeah. What would happen? Yeah. What would happen? So they're on tour. They're in Detroit. And as the as the Flaming Lips tell it, we'll play a sort of a segment of this. It was kind of a tense night. Backstage in Detroit, and the room is full of smoke and apprehension. Detroit of 2002, you know, it's seen a lot of musical success from Barry Sachs up to this point, but it's still kind of a rough town. You know? It's fallen on some hard times. Yeah. And so I guess during this set, it was particularly tense. And uh, that's why there's a line in the song, the room was full of smoke and apprehension. And uh-huh. that, yeah, that refers to a tense vibe from the show and predates anti-smoking laws. So everyone was chain smoking to kind of like distract them from the weird vibe of the show. And so that's that's kind of where we're at in terms of like the, the setup here. And so they're playing this set, they do their set, they get off the stage and things are kind of weird. Imagine a bunch of nervous chain smoking people in a dimly lit Detroit room. And then walks in Jack and Meg. And that's Jack White of the White Stripes. In their beaming red and white. Fresh (laughs) off of being rock stars for the first time in their life. So they're having a friggin' ball. (laughs) And Jack just saunters into the place with this fiber optic Jesus statue. Imagine what what must have been going through your head (laughs) at that moment. I mean... uh, yeah. Uh, it, no no better thing for Jack to be carrying. It's it's delightfully quirky. It's delightfully weird. And yet, it still has an air of mystery as to, why do you have that? Yeah, you know, kind of weird. So, I mean, the air of mystery goes a little bit further. This is before people really knew what Jack and Meg were. Were they husband and wife? Were they brother and sister? And and so there's a line in the song that makes, that makes reference to that, purely because they didn't know at the time. But it just gives you an example of how fresh Jack was on the scene at this point. And how much like he diffused the tension in that room. So we'll just, I'm just going to go through a, like a couple of these lines here of the song. Actually, you know what? The song is pretty much a biography of the event. So I'm just going to read the lines of the song. <laughs> okay. Okay. Backstage in Detroit and the room is full of smoke and apprehension. We'd been playing shows as the warm up and the band for Beck Hansen. Right. In walks Jack. He says, how'd you do? And then he handed me this wonderful statue. And I said, thank you, Jack White, for the fiber optic Jesus that you gave me. Uh, It shines so bright, I couldn't help but believe in it would save me. Uh, And then he goes on to say, Jack and Meg are funny. They got a modern backwards liberal family code. Brother and sister (laughs) playing rock and roll and doing it on the road. I bet that van began to stink. But then I wondered, oh, what would Christ think? I think he thought they were having relations in that van. Paul, it's funny you say that because he definitely – Thought they were doing it on the road, which is what he meant by backwards family liberal code. What was it? Yeah, backwards, a modern backward liberal family code. Yeah, so he definitely thought they were doing it. Yeah. And we're also brother and sister. Yeah, real weird, but definitely will break some tension for sure yeah, and for add sure. all all new layers of tension. So the, the last thing I'll leave you with here on this song the the thing apparently stayed lit for seven months straight, but wasn't meant to be left on for more than six hours at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they tell it. And uh, so thank you, Jack White, for that fiber optic Jesus that you gave the Flaming Lips, because it obviously left an impression. And I said, thank you, Jack White, for the fiber optic Jesus 
that you gave me. Well, thank you, Paul, for thanking the Flaming Lips, for thanking Jack White, for giving that fiber optic Jesus that they gave them. Please save me with another topic. Thank you. So that brings us to uh, our next topic, the Great Third Man Turkey Drive. What? (laughs) Gobble, gobble, gobble. Paul, I think I hear some turkeys. Back in 2013, Third Man Records storefront in Nashville began to partner up with the Nashville Rescue Mission to help with a yearly event where they do a massive banquet for Thanksgiving and Uh a drive uh, for a thousand turkeys, food and other desperately needed materials for people in need and you know, the homeless population in Nashville, which is is definitely higher than it should be. Third Man is really good about this stuff, by the way. They're always doing some kind of donation or fundraising, and so it always goes to a good cause. Jack is using his celebrity in good ways, I feel. Yeah, he's trying his best. If not him, the record store is trying its best to give back something to the community, and whether it be Nashville or Detroit, there are places there where poverty levels are pretty high. Yeah. So it's it's a really good thing that they're doing. The donation center for the rescue mission is actually directly across the street from the Nashville store, so it's eerily convenient for folks. Every year there's a different set of rules because they have different giveaways every year. In 2013, what you would do is anybody who, who brought a turkey or anything that could equal the cost of a turkey to uh, Third Man Records would receive a free 7-inch of their choice. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah, they wouldn't give you like a limited edition or like a tricolor or anything like that, but they'd give you, you know, basically any single you want. And they'll post a picture of you uh, with the turkey and the chosen seven inch of your choice on their wall of fame, quote unquote. Nice. In Jack's bedroom. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And there, there was a grand prize as well. The person who brought the most turkeys or other eligible items equal to cost of turkeys. Yeah. Would win a rare dead weather triple decker record. Which, if you've never seen, is a 12-inch with a 7-inch hidden inside of it. The 7-inch contains an unreleased song by the Deadwood. But you can't hear it unless you acquire one of these 12 inches and crack it open. It's one of the many mind games we love to play with you here at Third Man Records. Triple-decker record. Yeah, and it's unfortunate, too, because uh, every year the Max Turkey donation is uh, always won by uh, Carl Butterball, um, who has invested several thousand dollars in bringing just truckloads of Miracle on 34th Street-style turkey sacks and dumping them on Jack White's desk. So, uh... Now, look you know, here. Yeah. I'm yeah. Carl Butterball, and I'm here to tell you that I'm Jack White's biggest fan. Well, now, listen, Carl. I really appreciate you trying to donate to the people in Nashville, Tennessee, where I'm from. However, you gotta stop dump- dumping turkeys on my desk. Now, I'll have to know. We aren't from Tennessee at all. Now, you gotta stop dumping turkeys on my desk, Carl. <laughs> More turkeys! Now, you got- More now, now, turkeys! Carl. Now, now, Carl. Now, Carl. Now, Carl, now. Now, Carl, stop now. <laughs> Carl, now. <laughs> now, bring in the lives, turkeys. That's why I please shoot this man. <laughs> I'll be taking my triple decker record now. Let me tell you, let me, let me, let me, let me tell you, Carl. I'm, I'm going to shoot you with an old timey pilgrim musket. <laughs> a blunderbuss, if you will. Swank, give me my blunderbuss, please. <laughs> I need to forcibly eject Carl Turkeyman. Butterball, <laughs> Carl Butterball. 
Turkey Mins is Turkey Mins is confirmation name. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, this has been fun. That's a fun character. We'll never bring him back. I've been Carl uh, Butterball. <laughs> Mr. Carl Butterball of the Butterball Turkey Business Franchise Family Empire. Anyway, so in regards to the Triple Decker record, in their press release, they said, uh, you'll win a very rare Dead Weather Triple Decker record. Yes, we all thought they were gone and done, but third man big shot Ben Blackwell found one under his couch recently and is kindly Whoa. donating it to the cause. <laughs> Which, it's not far from the truth, because Mr. Ben Blackwell himself is a big record collector, including Third Man Records stuff. Yeah, and you know they're getting into all kind of weird upholstery in the Jack White world, so I am not surprised things are found on, (laughs) under, or in couches. (laughs) So that was the, the 2013 rules. The 2015 rules that I found in their press release, you could win prize packs, depending on what you bring in. So one prize pack entry will be given for each donation of either one turkey of sizable weight, or B, three of the following items, cranberry sauce, green beans, like canned vegetables, cornbread mix, cheddar cheese, dinner roll, sausage, coffee, dessert pie, stuffing, sugar, coffee creamer. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> and the Thanksgiving prize pack would be bursting to the seams with third man records goodness, chock full of exclusive records and test pressings, colored vinyl, random bits of dust and cake crumbs, leftover motor oil, and perhaps even <laughs> some holiday cheer. Oh, that's awesome. I love the motor oil bit. He can't help but get that little dig in the cars thing, you know? So that was the, that's the great third man turkey drive. Please donate to it if they have another one this year. If they don't, donate to the Nashville Rescue Mission anyway. Yeah, we have to, we have to make a stand against Carl and his turkey <laughs> onslaught. Mr. White, your slander knows no bounds. Right with the damn gun. Your guns cannot kill me. I'm Carl Butterball. You've driven me to a cornucopia of madness. That's the third man turkey drive. Yes, that's it Carl is. Butterball himself. <laughs> Carl Butterball. And that brings us to our final topic of <laughs> Thank the evening. God. <laughs> the Cass Corridor store opening in Detroit, Michigan. And a Detroit native son back in the Motor City to bring his record empire back into the old neighborhood. Whoa, that opened on Thanksgiving? I'll get to that. For the people who do not know what the Cass Corridor store is, and I assume that's very few of you, it's a it's the new store they, they just opened in 2015. It's 4,000 total square feet, including offices and storage, way bigger than the Nashville storefront. And it also includes a 10,000 square foot vinyl record pressing plant. Wow. Which is unprecedented, and it's actually the first vinyl pressing plant that's been open in Detroit since the family-operated Archer Record Pressing started up in 1965. Um, Wow. That is quite a while. Yeah. Third Man Records actually, when they were trying to come up with the idea of opening the recording plant, tried to flat-out buy Archer Record Pressing. Oh, wow. um, but were denied, so they yeah. didn't. They didn't get that. But um, uh, yeah, Arthur, Mr. Dotweiler, a- or it's Archer. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is Arthur Dotweiler's brother, Archer Dotweiler. <laughs> um, I, I can imagine Jack wanted to do that and to be become a little bit of a part of history there because that just seems like something he'd be super into. But that oh, uh, totally. that's really cool because like the Cats Corridor. For those of you who don't know, Third Man Records like having a store and a plant in the Cass Corridor is a big deal. That is an impoverished area mm-hmm. and, frankly, very dangerous area from everything I've read. I've never actually been there, but... Right. Uh, it's it, it's yeah. currently being rebranded by the, the new 
deputy mayor as Midtown, but to everybody else, you know, it's it's Cass Corridor, where a lot of music history went down, a lot of record history went down, a lot of history in general went down there. In the in the ether, and, and I'm quoting Mike McGonigal from the Detroit Music Metro Times, if something bad happened in that section of town, people would say it's the Cass Corridor, but if something good happened, they'd say it happened in Midtown. So <laughs> it's, you know, it has this weird connotation now, but yeah. it, and it's infamous for drug and prostitution problems. It's like it's like them turning Kenny's house into Soto Sopa. Announcing the lofts at Soto Sopa. But the gold dollar was there. Oh, which wow, is where really? the white Yeah, the White Stripes performed their first show at the Gold Dollar in the Cass Corridor. So all this oh, a lot wow. of White Stripes and Jack White history happened there. And I mean Jack grew up right around the corner from that section of town. I am that's I can't believe I had no idea the gold dollar was in the cast corridor. That is really awesome. Is is the gold dollar still there? Well, the building is it's derelict right now, so it's it's, you know, it's in that section of town. You could still go to the building. It still has the sign up as far as I know, but its doors are shuttered. Oh, wow. The gold dollar closed its doors in 2001. Paul Google's a thing. It's pretty sad looking. I wish Jack would open that up again. That'd be awesome. Well, I think people are expecting him to. Ooh, coming so soon, perhaps? who knows? Maybe yeah. on the horizon. Anyway, the the location was scouted. Third Man Records had partnered with uh, Shinola. Shinola, where American is made. And its founder, Tom Cart- Cartsostis? Yeah, it's Cartsostis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's, yeah, Cartsostis. Cart- so- yeah, Cart- yeah. It's Tom Cartsostis. Cartsostis. <laughs> Uh, Tom Cartsotis, a local watch and high-end goods manufacturer, and they purchased an entire building in the Cass Corridor neighborhood. Soto Sopa. Construction kind of quietly began. Plans to open a new store location were kind of floating around Third Man for a while, but things got really serious after Jack White played two shows in Detroit in July of 2014. Ben Blackwell had said Third Man came up with a plan to do something in Detroit shortly after Nashville opened, but they wanted to make sure to build a Detroit presence under the right circumstances. They wanted to keep things kind of civil between Third Man Records and Detroiters at the time. It was kind of during a thawing of relations with Jack White and Detroit because there was a little bit of tension between him and the city. He kind of all but abandoned it uh, after in like 2002. Well, yeah, he left in a huff when everybody was giving him all kinds of crap about being famous and right stuff, and, and you know, Jack White never backs down from a fight or lets anyone get away with a lip. Yeah, I mean, he things were civil, but you know, people were calling him a big shot, and a lot of people, as again, Mike McConnell from Detroit Music Times had said in an NPR interview, I think he freaked out on Detroit and had to leave, and I think a lot of Detroiters resented his success. I mean, if your music sounds really the same, and you're close to as good as this kid, and he gets huge, and you're still washing up the restaurant after it closes, it's easy to make this one person the focus of your resentment. I could see, I could see that. That's not to say Jack didn't try to smooth things over in in the time proceeding he started making some charitable donations he helped out um with clark park he he donated money there and he donated money to the detroit masonic temple after it was almost foreclosed in in 2013 um because the the owners owed like 142 thousand dollars in back taxes so jack basically footed the entire bill wow good for him and they decided to to name uh their second largest theater the jack white theater oh yeah so, so you know, tensions were were sort of 
easing a little bit, but they wanted to make sure that he was, you know, still going to be accepted into the community because Detroit, you know, it's a close knit place. Everybody knows each other. Uh, it's like kind of like Cheers, where everybody knows your name. <laughs> everybody knowing your name could be a good thing or a bad thing, as Jack and Meg found out for themselves. But we love Detroit. We've never been there, but we think it's probably great. Thank you, mm. Detroit, for everything you. you gave us. Thank you for all the music, Detroit. You've given us so much over the years. What have we given you? Nothing. Poverty. That's all we've given you. <laughs> <laughs> You'd all be dead right now if it wasn't for my son, Detroit. <laughs> You knew then, and you did nothing. Everybody's trying to get out of Detroit. We're the only schmucks still trying to get in. <laughs> it's been lots of characters this show. No, no, you got more? No, 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 no. No, okay. Father from Independence Day will be popping up more on this show. Yes, please. So Dave Buick was one of the first people to get hired by the cast corridor. And if you don't remember Dave Buick's name... Dave! Yeah. Love you, D- Dave. Dave Buick was the one of the first people to release the Jack White singles. Yeah, Italy Records guy, right? Exactly, yeah. Hey, I uh, learned something from our show. <laughs> he was Dave Buick of the Detroit Buicks, and he was also in the band The Go with Jack during, during that brief stint that he was in there. He was hired to head up the pressing plant. Buick had said, uh, we want to get rid of the junkies and really bring creativity back here, which says a lot about how Cass Corridor was doing. Yeah. The pressing equipment for the, the pressing plant was was near impossible to find. It was a huge challenge for them to get. They actually had some pressing equipment in line in Mexico. Uh, ben Blackwell actually flew down there in June to inspect it, but the deal fell apart. Virginia Recording Company called Furnace actually got the equipment instead. They came into contact with a North American sales rep for a German startup called Newbuilt. That's deciding to build new machines and refurbishing old ones, which is something that's, you know, brand new in the past 30 years or so. Ben Blackwell had said, uh, you hear people say nobody's making new vinyl presses, but these guys are making them and they're selling them. They said they reached a point where they needed to start pressing their own records. Ben Swank explained it wasn't something we ever wanted to do in Nashville because they had a really good relationship with United. But it felt like we were going to start pressing our own stuff and we shouldn't do it to directly compete with somebody we work so closely with and we want to continue working closely with. We'll do our own stuff, but we'd like to help out smaller labels, the bedroom labels that'll have to wait longer to get their stuff pressed and maybe work with those types of clients. We'll see as we get into it. We'll see what happens. Now, I can understand that. Yeah. You don't want to compete with the with a business that's probably not doing a whole lot of volume in and of itself back in Nashville. Right. James, help me out here. What does this have to do with Thanksgiving? <laughs> well, Paul, that's a good thing you've asked. Thank because you. Because the Detroit Cast Corridor location opened on Black Friday, November 27th, 2015. Hey. However... They threw a Thanksgiving party the night before. The party was invite only. It was from- Thanksgiving party. BYOB. <laughs> Bring your own blunderbuss. Hey, hashtag Gobbleroo, guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, you know, Jack kicked in the door, but hey, who's hashtagging Gobbleroo? Up in hell. Are you hashtagging Gobbleroo? Get your black gadgets out. Hashtag some Gobbleroo. I see a black gadget in your hand. So the, the party went on from 7 to 10 p.m., but the festivities actually went well and like beyond midnight. There was a crowd of about 200 people. Comedian Keegan-Michael Key was there. Whoa, of Key uh, Yeah. Some of Jack White's family, including his mom and his siblings, were there. Mary Ramirez of the Detroit Cobras. Niagara from Destroy All Monsters. Uh, singer-songwriter Ethan Daniel Davidson. A lot of guests, including also Jack White's good friends, Brendan Benson. Hey, what's your name? 
and <laughs> and Dean Fertitta. <gasps> Dean Fertitta. Of Dead Weather and Queens of the Stone Age fame. And Raconteur's fame, as we learned in our last episode. That's true. Yeah. Guests basically had a preview party of the entire thing, including what felt like a reunion of the Detroit rock scene. And they got to see the new storefront. And they were also treated to a big coming soon banner in the final record pressing plan. Huh. It sounds like they're Devil's Night parties in the Nashville location a little bit. Yeah, it's it's like an exclusive version of that with kick-ass bands. Danny Croha played. Margot Price played. Ah, Margot. Go. The Gories played. Hey, the Gories, I know them. Yeah. This here's the Gories from Detroit, hot off the press. It's going to jump on you, baby, and it's going to stay in your dress. The Gories, if you remember from episode two, the White Blood Cells episode, they they recorded uh, some some music in the same location that the White Stripes did. Oh, for an easily became recording studio in yeah. Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. Jack White got up on stage and toasted the cast neighborhood right before Dan Crohas started his set. And uh, we could play a little bit of that. Thanks to Third Man Record Collectors Group admin, Nicholas Lynch, who was there and recorded it. Oh, wow. I'll say just a couple of words and then we raise our glass and toast. It's such a wonderful thing for Third Man Records to be here in Cass Corridor, where we all made our bones and, and so many people from Detroit and our community uh, did so many artistic things, from sculpture of Gordy Newton to the music of the Gories and to the sounds that came out of the Gold Dollar. Everything about this neighborhood, to me, seems like the perfect place for the renaissance and the rebirth and the regrowth from the, the ashes that Detroit's going to rise from. Aw, well, that's a nice sentiment. It was a really nice toast. He clearly has a lot of fondness for this area and fondness for Detroit. Yeah. And uh, he really wants to see it get back on his feet. Jack White has also said in interviews for the, the opening, the corridor has nurtured Detroit's soul and inventiveness for decades. He also said, let me put on my Jack voice for this. It's such a wonderful thing for Third Man Records to be here in the Cass Corridor, where so many of us made our bones and so many people from Detroit and our community did so many artistic things. That was that was beautiful, man. Oh, thank you. So just in case you thought Jack White was being rude, Paul, don't, don't, now, now, Paul, now, don't be now, rude. What, what, who's, who's being rude? <laughs> Not Jack White, because people who were waiting outside eagerly for the opening of this store were treated to a full Thanksgiving dinner and a late night Aww. pizza snack. He's not being very stingy. Make one banana piece. Keep it moving. He's giving back. You know, he knows these people are here to, to support him. So he's like, hey, have some turkey. <laughs> thanks, all thanks to Mr. Carl Butterball. <laughs> well, that was very sweet of you, Jack. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. The store opened on Black Friday, the 27th. The Rolling Records store was there. Uh, attractions inside included the voiceograph, self-recording booth, a listening booth, a photo booth, and a mold-o-rama machine, which makes plastic replicas of Third Man Rolling Records store trucks. Um, huh. It also had the first ever motorized rideable elephant that kids could get <laughs> on and ride, or, you know, inclined adults. Of course he did. Yes. They aired the whole thing on Periscope, which is a social media app, so if you wanted to, you know, take a look, you could see it going on live. And during the opening, they had lots of different live acts going on to drum up some more crowds, even though the crowd was going out the door. They had 11 a.m., Lele Mae Rishi. Aww. 1 p.m., Detroit original Timmy's Organism. Ah, yes. 3 p.m., Margot Price. Ah. So she did a, a, a new, another set. And 5 p.m., the Gories did another set. Wow. That's, yeah, a, so, that's a pretty packed dais. Yeah. 
from all accounts, it was a, a really fun event. Uh, it was for people I've talked to, uh, very cold, very wet, but but worth the wait. They were there were people pitching up tents there uh, from five a.m. the previous Wednesday. It was newsworthy at this point. And there's no shortage of excitement for tomorrow's grand opening, with some fans already camped out to be first in line. Knew I would regret getting rid of my turntable one day. <laughs> so much so that I, I actually decided to talk to some friends of the show to see what their experiences were like when they went to the opening of the cast corridor. Wendy Tomlinson of the Third Man Records Collectors Group went to the the cast opening. She had narrowly escaped a serious injury when she totaled her car uh, a few weeks before the opening, and she was recovering on her couch when she heard about some people going to see the opening of the cast corridor. She had never met them before and didn't really have any interaction with them before, but she went there anyway. She took a several hour car drive uh, with a stranger that uh, to to the cast corridor where she camped out. Well, that sounds dangerous. Um, yeah. So I'll just I'll read the rest verbatim from her her response to me. We got along great. We had much more in common besides Jack White. They arrived. They settled in. A few folks from this group were there and the Third Man Records staff uh, brought out a complete Thanksgiving dinner onto the sidewalk. Uh, on our location beside the driveway, we saw everybody coming and going, including Jack and Olivia Jean. And the Aww. band and Jack's mom came over to say hi. She is so Aww. lovely. We learned that there was to be a VIP party that night. We watched people enter the party for a while and settled into our tent for the evening. We had also chatted with the Third Man Records staff and contractors working on the store. When out of the blue, one of these fine folks approached our tent and asked, do my Canadian girls want to meet somebody special? Well, we jumped up and followed him back to the back entrance. I was shaking. He told us to be cool and no pics. He said, he, he said, don't be nervous. <laughs> don't be nervous. He led us into a massive space where the presses will eventually go. It was the smoking area where many of the staff and the band were standing around. Jack's kids were riding around on the elephant toy. <laughs> but no Jack. We were introduced to Jack's brother, Joe, who was fairly drunk and told amazing stories and fed us gin and tonics. <laughs> and then it happened. There was Jack right there. Amazing feeling to see him. And yes, he's tall. He obliged us with a pick. I'm fairly sure I stepped on his lovely yellow shoe. <laughs> Anyways, we hung out and met the band. Lily May is freaking adorable. It was an amazing night, and everyone at Third Man Records was so cool, despite the fact that it was obvious we weren't invited guests. Wow. They really are the nicest people. They even gave us a bottle of wine, too. The moral of the story is make crazy decisions because you just never know what might happen in your life. That is really awesome. Really yeah. sweet. And she includes a picture of herself and Jack. So that that was uh, Wendy Tomlinson. I hope I hope I did your story justice. I hope I didn't chop and screw it too much. But it kind of is a nice touchstone to say thank you to Jack White and to Third Man Records for for all that you guys do for the enjoyment of us, the people, and us, the fans. And you've helped me through a lot of tough stuff with your music. So. Thank you, Jack White. Yeah. Thank you, Third Man Records. Thank you, Jack White. And thank you to everybody out there who's listening to our show and supporting us. Thank you. Yeah. So now we're going to throw it off to our third man of the week. Yeah, let's kick it to him. Like a fine Thanksgiving turkey <laughs> being punted over a tennis court of, for some reason. I want to welcome our third man of the week, Mr. Tom J.T. Crosby Valenti? The fifth. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that's exactly my middle name. You got all of them right. <laughs> His full name is actually Jonathan Taylor Thomas Valenti. <laughs> Good to have you, Tom. Thank you. Yeah. Good to be here. Uh, You're a real improvement to the podcast. <laughs> welcome to well, our thank Thanksgiving <laughs> table. Thank welcome. You. All are welcome. We're at the, the Thanksgiving kids table here. <laughs> kids table is where everyone has the fun. 
It's true. It's where we don't have to pray and we can <laughs> throw food at one another. Don't have to get involved in politic talk. The, the kid table is where it's at. That's right. Except for drunk Dylan in the corner who's a Trump supporter. <laughs> oh, no. We don't talk to him. What kind of terrible child is this? I just want to build a wall. Uh, that's that was James's chibi Bob Dylan pitch, which I love. James, if you don't animate that tomorrow, I'm gonna be so pissed. I recommend uh, vetting. <laughs> Oh, we have fun. We have fun here. Um, and if Trump's <laughs> our president when this comes out, well, I'm sorry. This will be out sometime uh, late November, so who knows? I'm sure he'll take yeah. this recording and use it as an example. He'll use us as examples. You'll be in history books, maybe? That's something. <sighs> This is good. Father's going to be so displeased. So we've invited you here to talk about <laughs> yes. Jack White related feasts, because what's more Thanksgiving than Jack White related feasts? Um, I don't know. Uh, Many things, but <laughs> <laughs> well, pretty much anything you could rattle off about Thanksgiving. Well, James, you know, I, I was gnawing on this turkey over here and uh, and I, I think I... I think I've caught something in my mouth. It uh, it's kind of hard. I think it's a. Uh, it, looks, it looks like a bone. Cranberry sauce? No, no, no. It looks like a bone, James. Mashed it looks a little potato? like a. Will you hand me that rag over there? I'm gonna. Oh sure, I'll hand you this rag and bone. Rag and bone. Rag and bone. <laughs> Tom, if you couldn't tell, we are uh, horrible morning zoo disc jobs. <laughs> <laughs> you need horn sounds. <laughs> <laughs> this rag and bone is a is a semi two parter. It's a it's a wishbone, if you will, a Ooh, rag, rag and, and wishbone. Wish we'll snap this rag and bone off into two and make a delightful wish. I got an ambition to do some wishing. Keep your pants on, Flanders. I'm wishing as fast as I can. Tom, yeah. do you have any idea what a rag and bone is? Aside from the song, no. It's a very good so- question, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Rag and Bone is, well, it's also a song, but it is the segment of the show in which we talk about the strange, unusual, and otherwise unknowable facts we found about Jack White during our research on topic. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So just the weird and stuff that makes us laugh. Mm -hmm. The first half of this wishbone is a little less obscure. You may have heard of this particular bone, so to speak. (laughs) Jack White in Nashville decided to crash his block's annual neighborhood potluck. Mm-hmm. Huh. It made the rounds. It it was definitely out there. I remember it. It was, it was only a couple years ago. And by a couple, I mean last year, around October time. The story came from an Instagram photo by one Jedediah Jenkins. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, cool. That's a cool who, name. Who posted an Instagram, uh, which was sent to him by his mother. <laughs> Jedediah was quoted as saying... My mom helps put... Um, oh, should I put on an accent for Jedediah or would that be bad? Yeah, yeah. No, d- most... James, if you don't do that, I'm going to be so angry. <laughs> Je- Jedediah was quoted as saying, My mom helps me put on a neighborhood potluck in front of my childhood home. Our little dead-end street is populated primarily with older and quiet people. Their houses are modest and suburban. My neighborhood has been doing this potluck for over a decade. At the bottom of our street, there's a large gated historic home shrouded in trees. Probably blues on two trees. We've never really <laughs> spotted that neighbor, 
But we have, from time to time, heard guitar coming from the garage. This year, without warning, the occupant decided to come mingle with us neighbors. Of course, they had no idea who he was. <laughs> Jack White, nice to meet you. Gee golly willikers. He apologized for traveling so much and missed out over the years. So, that is Jack hey, Olivia. White. Olivia! Olivia, I smell grits! I smell grits at the neighbors! I'm gonna... Olivia! So Olivia, I, I smell Jack... grits! So I was telling Jack about my new album and... And, and now Olivia... No, why don't you come on over? My neighbor, Jedediah, <laughs> he's having a barbecue. Hey, Jackie! Megan! It's Pokemon Macaroni and Cheese! I've been watching him from afar for quite a while now. <laughs> now I'm going to go over to his house now, peek around in his cooking my, utensils. My kooky guitar pluckings have not had any soothing effect on Mr. Jedediah Jenkins. So as of yet, I haven't met him. <laughs> That's that's the first part of this record. Tom, 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 feel free to hang up at any point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying the accents. Okay, good. Tom, do you remember when this story was going around? I do. I remember feeling that it was viral media to a, a disgusting degree. <laughs> it was during like guacamole gate and all that stuff. Too. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, those are pretty close to each other. Yeah, I remember when that story came out, though. I thought it was kind of cool. It seemed like if it wasn't for social media, this happened if, even a few years ago, we probably wouldn't even know about it. So it just yeah. seemed like it was this kind of neat little thing of him trying to get acquainted with his neighbors and stuff. It seemed kind of nice, actually. Yeah. yeah. Especially after all the backlash that you hear about how, you know, he gets from, like, the Radio City show and how, you know, moody he can be about performing or whatever. You know, you never know the whole side of the story, how his point of view is on that that kind of stuff. So seeing him make the effort to be friendly is a nice change from what you might hear on other stories about him sometimes. Yeah, definitely shows his, his I want to say, amicable nature. Yeah. yeah. He was really bearing his grit taste inside. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he also maybe just wanted free food. <laughs> he doesn't mind people gritting in his face. <laughs> 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 so to break off this other half, uh, would, would, would either of you care to, to break this wishbone in half with me? Oh, here you two, make a wish. Nah. It's fun. No, it isn't. Oh, James, don't stop now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the other half is I found out, uh, which... I realize this is, you know, it's a little more of a tangent because it's a little more Christmassy, but you know, it's getting it's getting to be that time. This also has a a feast. Karen Elson hosted a holiday entertaining special from her Nashville home where she cooked a pre-Christmas English dinner. Wow. It's good. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. You guys go and you go do a tour in Finland, you eat Finnish food, okay? She takes Vogue through a tour of her home where she cooks Yorkshire pudding, sausage stuffing, herb roasted parsnips and carrots, and a Moroccan spiced turkey. Now this, you guys, will be the last comfort food that you're going to get until you get back from tour. I know. Arthur, I mean, we really don't have time to eat right now because we have to get the gear packed up. Comfort food, Jackie. Ooh, All prepared with the help of her friend, Chef Matthew Mosshart. Don't know if there's any relation. Oh, there's gotta be. Karen Isn't Jack's brother a pastry chef? His brother Eddie is a pastry chef. Okay. Oh wow. And I learned that from an MTV Brazil interview from two thousand and twelve. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go on. 
So Karen had said, you don't overdo it with the food. It's about making things that are simple and delicious. Think about the menu. And if you're not a skilled chef, which I am not, follow a recipe. You can't go wrong if you don't cut the fine print. Damn right. She says she's a fan of creating the vibe with flowers, candles, and music. I like making guests feel like it's not formal and they can relax in my home. She says there's not a lot of food and she doesn't <laughs> want tension in the house. That's not how Thanksgiving works. You do it right, you have so much food that you throw out half of it and <laughs> and everyone's uncomfortable the whole time. It's true. Yeah. Was this when they were together, James? This was not. This was okay. December of 2015. But yeah, she was she was decked out in 1920s-esque velvet and had David Bowie and Little Drummer Boy on her playlist. They also include recipes for her mini Yorkshire pudding and blood arm, orange arma... Arma, Armagnac? Armagnac. Yeah, it's, it's Armagnac. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Karen Elson's Christmas feast. <laughs> Ta-da! Ta-da! You're that, welcome. That's what I could dig up as a, as a, as a ragged wishbone. Rag and bone! Oh, man, look oh. at all this. You don't want it? You sure you don't want it, man? I can use it. Thank you. Thank you, Tom, for joining us yeah, on this exactly. very special edition. <laughs> yeah. Are you, do you have any fun Thanksgiving plans, or is it too far out? No, I think we're going to do what we did last year. We're just going to hang out at home. We're not going back to New York, and we're just going to cook for ourselves and drink a lot of wine and cook and dance. And nice. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's nothing too crazy, nothing exciting. How about you guys? For the record, if you need a, a recipe for a Moroccan spiced turkey... <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got the perfect one for you. Honestly, yeah, we don't know what we're making this year, so I'll keep it in consideration. Karen Elson's got your back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be sitting alone in this room shoveling food with a spoon into Skype, my computer monitor, and in James's mouth through the pod hole we forged. Okay. Right. Um. I'm going to have a cardboard standee a la Kiwi's uh, Christmas special. so that Paul can feed this cardboard standee while I'm out enjoying it with my family. <laughs> yeah, I think you have the better plan. Yeah, I think so. I will have Black Star on heavy rotation. All to that sad scene. I'm so sad right now. This, this whole situation. Oh, oh man. man, I think I'm going to lay down after I hang up with you guys. It's all that trip to fan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Tom, is there anything you want to plug aside from your ears after listening to that <laughs> awful mess? Yeah, I guess um, people want to check out some illustrations. They can check out my website, TomValente.com. It's V-A-L-E-N-T-E. And I'm also going to be launching a webcomic January, the beginning of the year. It's called Wool Gathering. The site's WoolGatheringComics.com. So people want to see some cool stuff, stop by. Awesome. Nice. Sounds great. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having uh, me. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm Thank sorry. You, Tom. <laughs> we just talked about food. For <laughs> oh, dude. The entirety of it. I can talk about food for a long time, so that's cool. Yeah. I have no problems with that. <laughs> Next week, Weird Al will be joining us. Uh, <laughs> be purely talking about food and television. So, yeah, that'll do it, and uh, we'll, we'll kick it back to the show. Thanks, Tom. Back to the show. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Tom. Well, that's going to do it for us here in the Thurman Podcast. Papa's hungry. So yeah, thanks thanks for sticking with us through this very lean episode. Yeah, lean like turkey meat. Right. Uh, we did our best. Yeah, you know, 
like a Thanksgiving dinner, there's a big burst of energy right at the beginning there, and then it just degenerates into a nap. And a tryptophan-induced nap. <laughs> uh, but thank you, everybody, for, for listening to the show. We really appreciate uh, – you know, this is a Thanksgiving episode, but we mean it. We're grateful. We're very, very happy that of all the great feedback we've been getting and hearing from everybody has really been a treat. So, you know, we're recording this episode the day the Halloween episode went live to break the fourth wall a little bit. And that episode just got so much great reaction. And thank you to Elvira for retweeting us, which is insane. <laughs> Thank you to our, our third man of the week and all of our third men of, of past weeks, but uh, specifically thank you to Tom Valenti for being our third man this week. Yes, you really cracked that wishbone in half. Thank you. <laughs> That's what you do with a wishbone, right? You crack it in half? I think so. I think I think you do that. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say but yes. But I back that up with nothing. Thank you to Tom again and to Sam Kubert for our theme song, We're the Third Men. We had a ball recording it, and um, thank you very much, guys, for your help. That was awesome. Thanks, guys. I also want to thank Susanna Roundtree for the intro and outro of our program. Yes, yeah, she sounds uh, so professional. I love it. If you want to get in touch with us, you could do that a number of different ways, all of which I've forgotten. Uh, you can tweet at us at Third Men Cast. You could go to Facebook.com slash Third Men. Don't go to Facebook.com, by the way, slash The Third Men. <laughs> That's just some guy. You can email us at ThirdMenPodcast at gmail.com. Please, if you want to get in touch with us or you want to talk with us further, we're happy to exchange email. Uh, if you can give us an iTunes review and rating, that would be excellent oh yeah please rate review the show on itunes guys please and you can also find us on not just itunes but podomatic and youtube overcast google play store you know we're out there yeah we're out there we're in the world we're doing it for ourselves you could also check out thirdmenpodcast.tumblr.com. Oh, we put up all kinds of stuff on there. You can go to our actual uh, website where we post all this stuff, thethirdmen.wordpress.com. Nothing but the finest uh, from us here. The The WordPress is in there, so you know it's quality. <laughs> you can also find all our show notes and, and some other uh, photographs from the episodes there as well. Yeah, I do those in the wee hours of the morning, so sorry for any typos. And again, the only way we, we don't advertise on this because we don't make any money or anything like that from this show. So really, we only get the word out by, by you guys telling friends and other fellow Jack White fans about the show. And a special thank you to Callie Durga for really getting out there and sharing our, uh, sharing our show. Callie, you've been great. Thank you so much. As well as thank you to Adrian King. I hope I'm pronouncing your first name correct. Is it Adrian? You, you've been you've been really helpful as well. So, thank thank you everybody. You've been yeah. doing great. You're all great, and uh, we hope to keep doing these shows for you. And we got a lot of fun topics coming up to to finish out the year here. And we hope you enjoy what we got on the docket. That's gonna do it. As always, I'll be looking for a gobble. I'll be looking for a gobble. Good night. Good night. All these, all these hosts trying to get out of the show, we're the only schmucks trying to get in. For more information or to contact the show, visit thethirdmen.wordpress.com or email at thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at thirdmencast on Twitter and search The Third Men on Facebook. See you next time.
good on the fly. <laughs> yeah, it's good on the fly. It's got we yeah, it's like five segments on the fly. On, good on Damn the fly. It. <laughs> Damn it, we came up with the same thing at the same time. Got cat hair in my mouth. Oh, yeah.